everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. As traditional surveillance techniques are normally limited by the stationary nature of the camera and its manual operations, the realistic potential of aerial surveillance using unmanned aircraft systems, commonly known as UAVs or drones, provides much needed solutions to the ongoing complex challenges faced by the traditional surveillance techniques and technology. The UAVs or drone surveillance today gives nations an easier, faster, and cheaper method of data collection. It is no surprise that the drone industry is anticipating tremendous growth in the coming years as not only governments and military, but also industries as diverse as energy, agriculture, insurance, media, and real estate are expected to begin adopting drone technology if they're not already doing so. From pizza delivery to package delivery, from residential security to critical infrastructure security, from inspection to investigation, from spying to surveillance, to search and rescue and more, drones are emerging today to play a critical role for nations, its government, industry, organizations, and academia, in short if it is NGIOA. To discuss the growing applications of UAVs or drones, I'm delighted to welcome Ryan English to Risk Roundup. Ryan is the president of Fly Motion and Men Systems, a drone technology solution company. Welcome, Ryan. We're delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Appreciate uh, you having me on and uh, look forward to our discussion. Wonderful, Ryan. So, what trends do you see across nations as far as developing applications based on drone technology? I think I think what uh, the drone technology has has really why we've seen the explosive growth over the, about the past two to three years is really due to the fact that uh, you know the obviously drone technology has been utilized for many many years decades uh, but predominantly by the military and uh, now that the uh, cost has come down to a level where industries and organizations and public safety agencies can implement the technology um, it has really just exploded and uh, it now is allowing uh, the ability to have a aerial uh, observation uh, in a lot of different ways that uh, traditionally uh, they could have never done before uh, due to cost or uh, having to risk personnel or things like that so it's it's uh it's very exciting Yes, it seems so. So what brought the cost down? Uh, I think really just uh, microprocessors and the sensors and really as, as technology like, like, you know, computers, all that stuff. I mean, if we look at computers, for example, and, a, you know, a computer used to, back when they first came about, took up, a, you know, hundreds of thousands of square feet, um, where now, you know, they've got computers that are, that are this big. And so I think, um, Obviously, a lot of that has really driven down and the sensors getting smaller and, and more capable. Oh, that's so, that seems really interesting. So how big is the security drone market currently? Are all nations using drones? Uh, I don't know about specifically about all nations, but I can tell you that is uh, uh, the thing about drone technology, why it's really taken off is it, is it um, applies to so many different vertical markets. And uh, there is many, many different uh, industries that are benefiting from drone technology, and we work with a lot of those. So uh, I can tell you that you know we're seeing we're seeing the use across the board with many industries really taking off. I see. I see. So uh, as the use of drones expands, 
it's important to understand where and how drones will be used, not only today, but also in the coming tomorrow. So where are drones used currently? Where do you see the drone applications emerging in the coming years? Uh, I mean, I, I predominantly, you know, we, we work with a lot of different government agencies, public safety agencies, energy, uh, media broadcast, and, and more. And, and those are where I would say probably the biggest growth is at right now in the use of drone technology. Um, where I see it going down the future is, is getting more, you know, for the most part, a lot of the uh, control is, is being done by a uh, person. And uh, I, see that, um, I see that becoming, as, as the future continues, um, getting more autonomous and getting into uh, more, you know, autonomous flying where systems are up there on a permanent basis. And, you know, they might, might have some input direction from the ground, but uh, overall they're, they're much more autonomous. Yes, no, that, that's very interesting and very exciting development. So it seems UAVs are drones. They can quickly cover large and very difficult to reach areas, including the need for... So it, it, I believe it's reducing the need for not only human resources, but also other technology and non-technology resources while simultaneously increasing affordability and effectiveness because we don't have to use human resources that many and uh, it cuts down the cost of many of the technologies. How will this change the way we do things? What kind of missions and activities drones will be able to carry out that we cannot do with the current technologies? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, I would definitely agree. There are there are so many different applications that, uh, you know, drones are being uh, put through right now where, you know, some, some of those we previously uh, did not have the ability uh, to even get in there or have access to those areas. The others are, you know, hazardous situations where previously we had to risk humans uh, to, you know, collect data or observe different things in hazardous environments where now we can we can send in a drone uh, to do those things. The other thing that is is gaining more and more traction is drone delivery and uh, being able to uh, deliver uh, goods in hazardous environments or uh, remote areas where uh, it would take you know a, a very difficult maybe terrain or whatnot to uh, get over. And now we can uh, fly a drone out there and, and deliver items. Yes, yes, no, that is very true. Now, it seems we also have drone security guards now. How do you see that revolutionizing the security industry? Uh, I mean, I think I think it's, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think really what it's going to do is, is supplement uh, the security industry. You're still going to have a need for, you know, security officers on the ground and things like that. But now, uh, what it's doing is just adding another layer to security uh, where now you can be able to monitor a much larger area uh, from the air versus just the ground. Yes, no, that is very true. And I like how you say that we are able to supplement the security industry. And to be able to do that, we will need all different kinds of drones, all different sizes of drones. So what different size drones are available for us to be able to effectively help the security industry in this uh, managing all the security risks? And what are the meaning of all these different drones? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's drones, you know, that are that are very small, less than less than a pound, and there's uh, very large systems. You know, uh, most of the 
these systems that are under, you know, kind of the 55 pound threshold, most of those are what are known as multi-rotors or some are quadcopters, hexa, octocopters. Um, there's also the vertical takeoff and land known as VTOL. And then of course, getting into some of your larger systems would be your fixed wing, which may combine both an electric and combustion or straight combustion engine. Um, predominantly the, the use that uh, we're seeing uh, especially in most security applications and whatnot are the multi-rotor applications uh, or multi-rotor systems, um, which you know have usually about an under an hour flight time, but uh, they can deploy very quickly. You can take off from a you know flat piece of of uh, land or uh, area and uh, very efficiently get up there, assess what you need to assess, and stay up there in a hover if need be, uh, much different than a fixed wing where they're having to stay in constant rotation. And uh, they, you know, they, they work quite well, so. That, that, that is really good. So what, how are these bones powered? Are they solar powered or we use batteries? Uh, most, most of the systems that are being currently utilized uh, in the enterprise and commercial side are uh, electric. Um, as I mentioned, there are some combination uh, electric combustion or also some combustion, but uh, uh, most of the larger systems are combustion, um, whereas the, the smaller systems kind of under 55 pounds for the most part are going to be electric and they're battery powered by lithium polymer batteries. I see. I see. So uh, we won't, we, we, it's not like we'll be able to have 24-7 uh, drone surveillance. We are not, we haven't reached that capacity yet because of the battery problems, right? Uh, well, I mean, there are, you know, like for example, we have tethered solutions where we can, we can uh, have a permanent uh, power tether cable that is going up to the drone. So it could sit at 200 feet and, uh, you know, obviously it's going to typically be in a fixed location, but it can be up to 200 feet in the air and the tether provides permanent power up to the battery systems on board so it can run a continuous operation. Uh, that makes sense. So now, do we always have to use human operators to fly drones or and relay data to the ground or do we have automated drone applications that has been developed? Uh, I mean, there are automated drone applications, but uh, there, there definitely is still a human element to it, uh, which would typically be, uh, if it is going to be flying autonomously, typically the human is going to be doing data input uh, into what they want that drone to do once it gets airborne and starts to fly autonomously. So there still is a human element to it uh, currently. I see. So uh, the... Drone, how does the drone perimeter detection and response system work? What technologies make it possible? If we are using drones for monitoring a certain, you know, area, like, you know, any corporations, um, their critical infrastructure, or if they're being used in a residential area to monitor someone's home, how, the, what technology has made it possible for the perimeter detection? Uh, well, I mean, perimeter detection or being able to fly around the around the perimeter. Yes, to be able to and to know that this is the area he has to cover. It cannot go outside or yeah. So just uh, a lot of that is done is done through the software, um, the software and the actual flight controller. So 
uh, you know, through GPS and mapping systems built within the software, it allows them the ability to uh, go ahead and fly a designated, uh, what we would call waypoint or a box um, route that, uh, you know, you're, you're predefining in the software. I see, I see. So it seems UAVs are also being used to monitor and analyze I anticipate pirate vessels for the maritime, maritime defense and also the react security and all that. So how widely they are being used for the, that purpose? How widely? Uh, I mean, I I think it's it's only growing every single day. Um, you know, it's it's something that we're seeing, uh, like I said, uh, used in in many different vertical markets, both land based and maritime, uh, as well. And um, I mean, it's it's such tremendous technology and provides so many useful benefits. Um, and you know, it's it's like I said, it's only getting more and more uh, expansive every single day. Yes, absolutely, no doubt about that. Do you see the development of traffic monitoring applications based on this technology? Uh, I do. Yes, um, I I definitely do. And uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, I mean, even if you look at it from uh, you know uh, traffic, not only traffic monitoring but also uh, from a law enforcement perspective, where they're running uh, different radar monitoring from uh, currently manned aircraft. Um, and the possibility of being able to do that with unmanned aircraft. So uh, I think they're, I think both of those are, are definitely some valid use cases. Yes, definitely. Now, do you see the integration of artificial intelligence technology to help recognize security threat when we integrate that in UAVs? Do you see the development happening to integrate both the technologies? Yes, uh, there, there is definitely a use case to, to implement um, uh, AI into into drones, and um, there are several uh, use cases that are currently being done. What what concerns you currently when you are you are you are developing? Are you a manufacturer of drones, or what is your organization? Uh, your form? Uh, so we we are uh, would be known as what's called a technology integrator or solution provider. So what we do is we take the best technologies and the best solutions out there, uh, and a lot of times combine those into developing one product. I see. I see. So uh, your organization, you develop all those products, and then you uh, you assist the industries into helping them develop it. Is that the way? Yes, we we uh, uh, we are involved in in several development things uh, with some of our industry partners that we work very closely with uh, that might have different technologies. Uh, maybe there's some technology that already exists in the marketplace, and we uh, have that uh, modified to or developed uh, for our end use in the unmanned system industry. Which industry uh, are you working with? Uh, predominantly, I would say we work with uh, very heavily in public safety, um, energy, uh, some oil and gas, uh, some agricultural media broadcast uh, are probably some of the big ones. And then we also have uh, some ongoing work with uh, DOD as well. So as you go forward with your collaboration and uh, affiliations with these industries, what, what challenges are you facing when you try to develop those applications that they discuss? 
I mean, I think like, you know, like anything, when you're, when you're uh, developing something, there's, there's always challenges, um, especially given the fact that it's new technology for the most part. And uh, it's something that, um, you know, we're, we're continuing, uh, you know, we, we look at, um, you know, a lot of different technologies on a regular basis. I think maybe some of the uh, challenges that we face are uh, integrating uh, efficiently some of the uh, variety of technologies into unmanned system applications. So those are probably some of the challenges that we have. As far as the regulatory climate goes, how, how cooperative or supportive are the regulations if we talk about United States? Yeah, so uh, obviously, um, you know, we, we work very closely with the FAA, uh, which does regulate the unmanned uh, aerial systems. And, uh, you know, we abide fully by FAA guidelines and regulations and uh, also all of our clients that we work with here in the U.S. Uh, do as well. I see. So uh, if, if any entity or any organization across any industry, if they are trying to, if they, or if they would desire to develop applications based on this uh, UAV technology, drones, what is the cost of different drone systems uh, that they should be aware about? If anybody wants to design a drone, how? what is uh, the cost that they have to look at? Yeah, so I mean, drones. Drones can be, you know, as as cheap as uh, you know something that you would actually use. Figure about five hundred dollars up to well over a hundred thousand dollars, just depending. A lot of it comes into the capabilities and the sensors, uh, is where is where a significant amount of the cost comes into. Yes, so um, that it's a broad range, right? I mean, it depends on probably the purpose for which you have to develop yes. application. A lot of it, the way I relate it is kind of kind of like cars. You know, there's obviously inexpensive vehicles you can buy, and there's very expensive vehicles, and there's SUVs and trucks and two-door sports cars, and you know, they all they all are vehicles, yes, but they all have a different uh, capability, and that's a lot like drone technology. You know, if I uh, for example, if I want to go haul some wood, I wouldn't choose a sports car. I would go get a truck. Um, and, you know, if I wanted to go fast and, you know, just cruise with the top down, down the beach or something, I may get a convertible sports car. And that that's very similar to drone technology in the sense of, uh, you know, a drone is a broad term, but there's a lot of different capabilities uh, within each system, what they can and can't do. Yes, very true. Now, is there any uh, framework or guidelines for the drone industry um, for which, you know, like standards that every manufacturer or application developer that they have to follow? Yeah, so uh, there are obviously here, you know, talking about the United States, uh, there, of course, is the FAA um, uh, rules and regulations that, uh, that need to be uh, abided by, and uh, those are something that, um, you know, we follow very closely. So if, if uh, I mean, it is not just in the United States, but irrespective of any nation, if any industry or any entity within any industry, they want to forward with drone program, what are the critical questions or concerns or points that you consider prior to implementing a drone program? Uh, I think the biggest thing is, is to consult with an expert um, that, you know, actually 
has been doing this for some time and has an understanding of what's available in the market. Um, one of the things that we're we're seeing is, um, you know, uh, just just because you went out and you got your FAA Part 107 license and you bought a drone, um, that's great. It's a great start, but it doesn't necessarily make you a expert uh, overnight. And um, so I think. You know, especially from the public safety agencies and different organizations, um, I think it's it's highly recommended that they consult with an expert uh, that deals with this stuff day in and day out and uh, really has a good understanding of the technology. Yes, yes, definitely. So do you think that the United States is ready for controlled evolution? Uh, I think they are. I think, um, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's, it's growing, uh, you know, every single day by leaps and bounds. And uh, I think, you know, there could always be room for improvement in any in anything you do. Um, obviously, I think there's things that, you know, could probably be changed and improved on and processes. But uh, I think for the most part, um, we're definitely a lot more positioned and ready for it than we were a couple of years ago. Yes, that's yes, sweet. That's sweet. So, uh, uh, Ryan, I would Ryan, like to have, have a longer question, but I'm a technical challenge on my side. My side. I keep hearing that, and, and I think that, think that that's the reason we like, like to keep a short session today. We will, we will probably have a conversation some other time. But before we, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners about your efforts toward drone applications? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, us as a company, Flymotion, I mean, our, our goal is to, to really educate people on the technology and show the many beneficial applications of unmanned systems and other technologies that incorporate around unmanned technology. You know, and you can, you can go to our website, which is www.flymotionus, that's F-L-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N-U-S.com. Uh, to learn more information about us. So thank you, Ryan, for participating in Risk Roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on drone applications. Our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the understanding you provided on the existing and emerging applications of drones and the opportunities and risk associated with the advances in the unmanned aerial vehicle, that in short, if it is UAVs. Even if a single individual or entity is able to come up with an idea to secure the drones, innovate to develop intelligent systems for the complex challenges facing drones and unmanned aviation and manage its associated security risk based on the understanding they receive from this discussion we had today, this discount of dialogue has been of service. We thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for having me and it was a pleasure. Wonderful. So while drones or unmanned aerial vehicles seem to be here today to stay, it is important to evaluate the framework of rules for drone manufacturers, sellers, and operators as the very safety and security of each and every one of us is at play here. Risk groups, cybersecurity, geosecurity, and space security risk centers are created for these very reasons to identify, evaluate, and manage the risk-facing NGIO and CGS. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts build into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves 
is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if you build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security. Security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the risk roundups, to other risk roundup videos, or hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.